You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I'm Courtney. I'm Allison. And we are Courtney and Allison. This is the the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files, but lately it's been about racism. Yeah, because lately the X Files has been about racism loosely. Well, the X Files has been racism. racism. Has 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 been racist. Yeah, specifically this episode, anti-Semitic. So we've had to talk about that. It's just tiring. Yeah. We're upstairs in my bedroom. We've shut all the windows. Uh-huh. It's very hot in here. Yes, yeah, a little steamy. We have a little pillow fort surrounding us. Yes. Cradling us like a womb. And I am sitting on three pillows <laughs> just to get enough height for the mic. Because <laughs> I'm just a tiny little man. <laughs> I think it's cute. <laughs> hey, I put a pee under there. Oh, Do you feel it? yeah, it's right in my butthole. <laughs> it's a nice treat. Put a little sprig of mint. Well, the thing is, it's a frozen pea, so uh-huh. it's actually quite cooling uh-huh. in this hot room uh-huh. just to have it right up against my my sort of, um... Your anal... Temple. Sexual... What? My your, temple. Your temple. <laughs> oh, your anus temple. Yeah. Your butt temple. Yeah. Good. Let's just talk about this butt temple. Okay. Of a X-Files episode. <laughs> Why don't you read the Netflix description for us? Okie doke. This is season four, episode 15, Kaddish. Mulder suspects that a golem, uh, being described in Jewish folklore, may be responsible for the deaths of several people who murdered a Jewish man. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. So whenever the X-Files has to deal with the other or immigrants, they usually go into it very ham-handedly. Yes, their hands are both ham, just like ham steaks. Spiral cut. Yeah. Sweet honey. Pour that glaze right on so everything just slips right off of it. Well, now I'm hungry. I know. We'll eat after this. Let's do this episode really quick, then we'll eat. Okay. I have chicken wings. Yay. And yam fries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that will be our treat. Okay. Speaking of treats, let's talk about our predictions. Yeah, so I predicted this episode. Yes. Every, at the end of every episode, we predict the next one, and whoever gets the most points gets some treats. Yeah. That's, so what did you predict? Uh, I predicted that for half a point that huh? there would be sort of a monster from Jewish folklore. You got a half point. I got a half point for that. Uh-huh. And then I also predicted that this would have any resonance at all with Skelly's cancer plot, which it did not. It did not. But that means that we are tied at three, three points. and three. Wowee. And at this point, these snacks are the only thing dragging me through the rest of this dump Gosh, show. all I can think about is that big box of discount Halloween candy we're going to buy and then stuff into our bodies. When I think about discount Halloween candy, like, it's always in my mind, like, a little sweaty. But the candy? Yeah, like, it's a little sweaty. Like, from human beings touching it, or? No, just, like, from, like, it's a little melty, it's a little greasy, oh. it's a little bit, uh, it's not ideal. It's not like a fresh dairy milk from the fridge, you But know? I'll eat it. Dairy milk from the fridge? Yeah. You put your chocolate in the fridge? Yeah, because I like it to have that snap. Oh, I like it all melty. No, I like it when you, you break off a piece. It's got that snap. I, I like, like that. I like a little dirty rowdiness on my chocolate. Mm, mm. I don't. If you break it and it, like, 
Like, it doesn't even break. It just, like, smushes off like a poop. I'm not into it. I gotta tell you, I like that soggy chocolate. Oh, <laughs> Gross. Well, when you or I win this prediction contest, I will put that giant box of candy into the fridge for you, and you can keep it outdoors in the sun for me. I'm just gonna sit on it for a little while. Ooh, well, I mean, that will be fine, too. Hatch it. Then there'll be all sorts of other sweaty things going on there. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, let's get into this motherfucker. Okay, so this episode was written by Howard Gordon. Yeah, let's talk about that. And what we know about Howard Gordon is that he um, comes from a Jewish family, and he wrote it sort of as a, um, it's dedicated to his grandmother, Lillian Katz. Mm. And some aspects of this episode were uh, sort of taken from a real life experience that friends of his had. Yes. And the ring feature in it is a real-life Jewish heritage piece, Yes, yeah. So it's a little perplexing to me personally how some of this could have gone so very wrong. So, so very wrong. Um, Well, there's many cooks, right? Yeah. There's many cooks in this... There's too many... Hey, may I say... There's too many cooks? Too many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, the X-Files kitchen? And... I mean, let's start off by just writing a letter to Mr. Mark Snow. Oh, boy. Oh, bud. Dear Mark Snow, I appreciate what you're trying to do. And I know the bad man, Mr. Carter, made you bring out your oboe and insert some ethnic music into this episode. I'm sorry. Please. Please get out of this series. Love, Courtney. Mr. Snow, we understand if you have to leave the X-Files. And also, don't let the bad man push you around. P.S. P.S. Take your oboe and piccolo with you. P.S. P.S. Break them over your knee. (laughs) So no one has to hear them ever again. Yes. Yeah, we get that Mark Snow music. Did Chris Carter just come up and say, Hey, uh, could you just make it a touch more Jewish? Just a little... Little Jewy, just just do it up a little. Just like, is that what he asked for? Because there's lovely harp, there's lovely strings, um, there's like a children's choir, but then there's this like oboe and piccolo situation. Yeah, and it always makes us uncomfortable. Very fiddler on the roof. Yeah, right. Well, I think he said on the Wikipedia article, uh, he said that he wanted it to be like a klezmer band meets Schindler's List. Is that what happens? Is that what you came up with? That's what you went for, Mister Snow. Maybe okay. uh. Cool. Maybe we can't pin this one on Carter, just, my friend. I just, I know we're, I know we're clamoring for representation of people of color, but every, or like any any other ethnicity other than just a white guy. But every time they bring over another ethnicity, it's just like, it's mo- the, especially the music is like mocking every time. He does them so dirty. <laughs> he does them so dirty every single time. Makes me want to cry. Yes. Especially when there's a, a Jewish, is he or the writer or the director? The writer. I don't know if he's happy with his choices. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll get into, I mean, there were good parts, but we'll get into the good and bad parts. And it was this little twisting of, of the episode. Um, so we open on a funeral attended by a large number of Hasidic Jews. Yes. We do have to say good shots. Yeah. Some really the, good the shots. The cinematography in this episode, the, cin- the togs, the cinematogs. Um, the there togs, some really TM, TM, TM. Real cool so- stuff kind of going on. Yeah. So we see uh, the widow of of who is being buried and she has a flashback of a, a very violent flashback of her I guess fiance being bit, beaten by a bunch of white kids. Yeah. Um, and it's a really shocking flashback and then a flash forward. Yeah. It's really well done. You kind of get the tone and mood of the episode right away. 
I appreciate that, but I get worried right away. Yes. Because this is going to be an episode dealing with, the, again, the other or these immigrants or kind of this other culture and hatred towards them. Yeah. And the X-Files hasn't been known to deal with that very well. Very badly, actually. Yep. Bad track record. So, after the funeral, we get someone going back into the grave. Uh-huh. And they made a little sandcastle. Yeah. And then they buried themselves in and their little heads stuck out. And they're like, look at me. Ah, <laughs> it's so warm in here. <laughs> hey, have you ever done that? Built myself a sandcastle? Well, no. We all have built ourselves sandcastles, but I meant like burying yourself in the sand. Oh, so no. So you're just ahead? No, I haven't. Gosh, that's terrifying. Have you? Yes, it's it, awful. How does it feel? It feels like it's very secure, and then you get really, like, body claustrophobic, and you're like, oh my god, everything's gonna collapse, and then you feel a tickling. Yeah, that's what worries me. Because those isopods in the beach... They in there. They in, they're wiggling and squiggling, and maybe a little clam is just nestling up to you. Oh no! Up, up to your clam. <laughs> and... You don't know, and then you just burst out. You're like, I can't take it anymore! I'm sure we've talked about my fear of bivalves on this podcast before. No, we haven't. I'm terrified of bivalves. Are you really? Yeah. I knew you were terrified of slugs, but we have to get deeper into this. Yeah, well, it's for similar reasons. Your brothers. No, they look like dicks. (laughs) Wait, I thought you didn't like slugs because your brothers, like, threw them at you. Yeah, that too. Okay. But they also look like dicks? Yeah. So, geoducks. Yeah, gooey, gooey, ducks. Du- gooey ducks used to scare the shit out of me. Because they're just huge, and they just come out of the clam, and they just move around. They are muscular. Stomach foot. Ooh. Have you ever seen, hey, seen that video of someone taking a live clam, and then putting salt along the edge, and then the little tongue licks it, the oh. edge? Oh, it's so cool. Make a little margarita in that clam. Ew. <laughs> Well, clamorita. Just, just squirt a little lime juice. <laughs> that clam wants to party. That clam does want to party. <laughs> Gross. Jam out with your clam out? Uh, yeah, dude. Definitely right? do. Yeah. Oh, I want to party with that clam. Put two googly eyes on it and you're ready. Clams Mackenzie just having a good right? time. Yeah, see how I'm turning you around. Do you eat bivalves? I don't like to, no. No? No. Not even scallops? Uh, no. Scallops are the pigs of the sea. Interesting. They have a very sweet flesh. Like me. <laughs> like you. They're the Allisons of the sea. <laughs> uh, the only mollusk I will eat is an octopus. Not mollusk. Cephalopod. The only... S- yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Mo- uh, they're they're mollusks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. in the, the family mollusca. Excuse me? Molesta? Molesca. Oh. Well, they have a lot of arms, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've oh, seen oh, some boy. videos. Oh, boy. I've seen some videos. I like that they will. The, the you, wait, you eat octopus sometimes, yeah. Calamari? There's, there's sm- that's not octopus. That's squid. Calamari can be octopus. Can it? Yeah. I don't know. Octopus is octopus, but squids is squids. Okay, well, <laughs> let's go play a game of Splatoon, and we can fight it out. <laughs> the squids or the kids? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the X Files. Let's uh. talk about. So there's a bot. Anyway, there's a dirt man. Yeah, there's a dirt man. And he breathes. And his name's Chris Carter. <laughs> no, he's a garbage man. Yeah. Uh, there's a dirt man and he breathes and it's, it's very good. Very cool. It's very cool. The yeah. shots are really good. We're yeah. not going to... The, the togs? We like. Hey, we like the togs. Hey, we like them. Hey, Mikey. We <laughs> like them. Mikey likes them. We like them. The togs. But you know what we don't like? What? Scully. Oh, you guys... 
Scully in this episode. So shitty. Fucking sucks. So so shitty. So very bad. And it's like five minutes into the episode, just where we had to turn it off. And we had to rewind to write down her shittiness. So one of these, what happens is one of these uh, white men who uh, attacked the Jewish guy. Killed him. Killed him. Killed killed the Jewish guy. Uh, He's found dead. Yes. Um, And that's why Mulder and Scully get involved in the case. Because it looks like the guy that killed the white guy was um, the Jewish guy that had been killed because of the same fingerprints. It had the fingerprints. Yeah. Now, Scully says that the killing of this white man is, and I quote, a crime of hatred like the crime before it. So so let's let's just break that down. Yeah, this is the point at which we had to pause the episode and look at each other and ask if that just happened. Let's just break that down. You are saying that this crime against this white murderer is a hate crime. Yes. Mmm. Much like... The hate crime that he committed. Much like the anti-Semitic hate crime that he committed. Both both hate crimes, apparently, according to Skelly. Are equal. Equal footing, according to Skelly. And this is going to be a really nasty theme throughout with this, I don't know, this really weird white privileged non-guilt that she has going on. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's really weird. And you said to me that, like, from this moment, you felt like Skelly was the kind of person who would be like, hey, don't punch Nazis. Yeah. And, yeah, like, that's totally the vibe you get, where it's just, like, I don't even know what the word is, but, like, defensive. Defensive for the for white people? Yeah. Oh, boy. Like, I just... You can't call crimes against fucking... Nazis say a hate crime, my dudes. Like you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't really that. call crimes against oppressors hate crimes. Like you just can't. Period. Period. You can call it a crime. I mean, they did a murder. That's fine. And you could say that hate was involved, but you can't call it a hate crime. You can't call it. Hey, you can't call it. A, you can't equate it to what happened to this Jewish man who is beaten to death and shot in the head. Yeah. Because he was killed for being Jewish. The white guy was killed for murdering him. (laughs) Not for being white. Scully. Scully, just take a seat. Yeah, it's definitely time for Scully to take a seat. This whole episode needs to take a seat. And I... That really set the tone about what the big overarching feeling I got was, hey... These people, this group, this cultural group, they a bit nasty too. Yeah, that really runs throughout the episode, and it kind of comes to a head later on in a way that we were both just very unhappy about. Yeah, we know that people hate this cultural group, but but they're bad. But they're too. bad too. And fuck off. How is this a wonderful tribute to someone's Jewish grandmother? Yeah, someone's booby. Like this booby is rolling in her grave. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Okay. Mulder and Scully go talk to Ariel, the the wife of the murdered Jewish man, uh, and her father. Just at this point, it struck me that, like, these two characters at this point in the episode didn't feel like real characters. They felt like kind of caricatures. Stereotypes. Yeah. Especially because it's it, the way they're introduced is Mulder and Scully want to open up this grave. Yeah. Just to see, did the husband, uh, Isaiah? Isaac. 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 Did Isaac really kill this white guy? So we want to open up the grave. And the father is portrayed as really being over the top and um, not able to compromise. 
and he's kind of, the, the, the gaze is, he's looking like a fool, not wanting to solve this crime, because he doesn't want his son-in-law's grave open. You know what I mean? Yeah. This conversation made the father-in-law look unreasonable because of his religion. Yeah. And it was real gross. And it was never mentioned in the episode that that might be a reason that he was not willing to have his son-in-law exhumed. Like, yeah. They was never considered in the episode that he might have, like, an opposition to that on religious grounds. Because any... There are many, many religions that don't want the tampering of corpses, especially after burial. Lots of religions have this kind of customs around burial. And it's not... I mean, it's common. Yeah, and it's also, like, understandable. It is 100%. Because they just put him in the GD ground. Yeah. Like, of course they're not going to want to bring him up. It just makes this group look barbaric or unreasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Because of their religious outlook. Which is not great. It's not a great way to portray these people who are the victims in the story, but the X-Files never shows them as victims. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about Chevy Chase. Okay. We got Chevy Chase in this episode did a bad job. If Chevy Chase and Will uh, Farrell had a baby and he kind of looked like Ted Bundy, yeah, it would be this man. He had a hell of a look going on. Yeah, ooh, that look. That ooh. look. Ooh, it where'd, did not read very well. Where did you get those glasses? Eee. From Serial Killer Monthly, like yeah. the magazine, yeah. right? You get the, like, axe and the chains and the VW bug and those glasses. Yeah. And the clown makeup, that's where you get it. (laughs) So this guy, Chevy Chase Man, why do they go talk to him? Uh, Because they find a pamphlet. um, Oh, yes. uh, They find a pamphlet that says, um, the Jews created AIDS. Hey, guys. Hot tip. Yeah. Now, you read something about these pamphlets and stuff, right? Yeah, so all of the um, the sort of uh, propaganda in this episode, they sourced from the Anti-Defamation League. So it's real. Real examples of, yeah, of Nazi propaganda. Well, like, like today, like contemporary Nazi propaganda. Yeah. 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 So this is actual thing, and I kind of like that they went to the Anti-Defamation League to research. I wonder, though, like, in terms of blessings, how that kind of compromise worked. Because there's a lot of imagery in this episode that... It's just harmful. Yeah. And it's it's hard to to continue to look at scene to scene. Yeah. Okay, we'll call the elephant in the room. You don't need a swastika flag. You don't need the Nazi flag up in the... Like, we get it. We get it. Hey, we get get it. it. He's a Nazi. We get it. Did you... Hey, producers, did you buy that? Like, did they buy it? Or is... Yeah. I'd like to know. Because if they bought it on Amazon or whatever the fuck, they bought it from someone making Nazi flags, and that's not good, guys. Yeah, you don't want to put your money there. Or it's this fucking intern who is making a Nazi flag or making flyers in MS Paint that says Hitler was right. Like, what? You could, there is a lot of imagery that you could have used to, to prove this point, to put forth that this man is a bad man. Yeah. But then you had kind of this apologist attitude towards him, too, which was really weird. Yeah. One thing I will point out now that I read on the Wikipedia page is that actually originally Howard Gordon's script had, um, the, the oh, villain yeah. was, was African-American, so it was African-American anti-Semitism, yeah. which is, like, an even more complicated subject. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, which I'm really glad 
I mean, I'm not happy that they went with this very cartoonish uh, sort of Nazi angle, but I'm also glad that they did not go in that direction, which is a nuanced story that they do not have the skills to tell. No one would have... No, there are no voices on the writer's block that would be able to write that. No. That voice. Absolutely not. Because it is, it's a it's super duper complicated and I'm, hey, I'm relieved the X-Files cut something out. Yeah, I know, right? Wowee, wowee. Um, speaking of the Chippy Chase guy, I've got that book that I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, commentary. please. This is from Gilligan Unbound, Pop Culture in the Age of Globalization by Paul A. Cantor. I honestly just did a search on Jewish commentary in the X-Files, uh-huh. and Kaddish came up, of course. This is talking about the weird parallels between the anti-Semitic neo-Nazi and Mulder. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this idea of being paranoid and how everyone in this episode is equally seen as being paranoid so that makes this anti-Semitic guy almost normalizes his paranoia. Yeah. And and it equates his paranoia to the the Jewish paranoia that that the Jewish culture is feeling. And it's really gross. So let me let me read these words, um, this voice to you. Kiddish gives a bizarre twist to the, the immigrant idea. The anti-Semitic publisher also characterized himself as a man who has been unjustly called paranoid. Indeed, in presenting himself as a heroic battler against the international Jewish conspiracy, he comes across as the mirror images of Mulder. When he says, we're working to spread the truth, I'm exposing their lies, he sounds just like Mulder in many episodes. I do not know if the producers intended this parallel, and in some ways I find it hard to believe that they did. Yet, in some way, the parallel between Mulder and the neo-Nazi, as a conspiracy theorist, fits the overall pattern of the X-Files. The Jew, the FBI agent, and the anti-Semite, each in his own way, would be called paranoid in Kaddish, at least by the other side. The effect of the X-Files is to make it difficult, if not impossible, to distinguish paranoia from some kind of genuine secret knowledge. All the immigrant episodes, and we've talked about this, yeah. all the, every, every, the hell money, uh, the voodoo one, all these uh, immigrant episodes turn on an access to a kind of esoteric wisdom. The key dealing with the monstrous turns out to be an understanding in its foreign and hence secret origins. And that always involves learning some archaic myth or legend, which in turn requires a foreign language. So that's the gross part. All these immigrant stories that the X-Files tells, it has this element of paranoia and it also has this element of this like mysticism, mysticism, which is gross to pull from. Yeah, um, I think that, and that touches on something that we actually talk a lot about, Yeah, which is when the X-Files takes on these real-world events and stories and tries to pull them into its own weird mythology, Yeah, it hurts the stories that they're actually trying to tell. Yeah, because it's not, for the most part, it's not the X-Files stories to tell. Yeah. And the fact that the parallelism between the paranoia that the Nazi feels, the paranoia that Mulder constantly feels, and the paranoia of this Jewish culture it makes everyone seem equal. Yeah, but those are not equal feelings. But those are not equal feelings, my gosh. So yeah, that's. Uh, I'll post a link to that book. Uh, it's worth a look. Yeah, I'd like to read more of it, I think. So they are, they're confronting this, this copier. Um, yeah. 
the guy that runs a coffee shop, and he quickly reveals himself to be a neo-Nazi. Yup. Uh, asking um, them who they're working for, and they say the FBI, and he says, well, who does the FBI work for? And they say, oh, Jews, you got us. Here's the thing. The neo-Nazi does not trust the government. Yeah. But then the the scene before, the father-in-law didn't trust them as well. Mm-hmm. So you have, again, this weird parallelism. Like, oh, both. Both are bad. Like, yeah, and it's frustrating that they would even try to pull this kind of shit. Like, of course, the institutionalized anti-Semitic attitude of governments and racist attitudes towards of governments, that is hurtful. But you have this man who is an awful human being and has awful racist ideas, but he also doesn't trust the government in, this, in a similar way, mm-hmm. is what the X-Files is trying to say. And, like, from this, what we see in the episode, like, clearly the government is not stepping in or doing anything about the hate, the actual hate crime that was committed, but they are stepping in when the white guy was killed. Yeah! So, I mean, the, the, um, Ariel's father's, uh, paranoia, or not paranoia, but, you know, fear of the government and distrust of the government is, is justified. They rarely help out in a useful way. Yeah, they only came in, Mulder and Scully came in to investigate the death of a white boy. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about grave digging. Okay. So the two um, white guys who kind of were partnered in this murder, in this hate, hey, in this hate crime. Yeah, hate uh, crime. They go and try to dig up the bottle, the bottle. The body. The body. They hear Mulder and Scully talking to um, to racist Chevy Chase. Yeah. They think, oh, we gotta, you know, we gotta get a look at this body to see if he really did kill our friend. How, okay, so it's a pretty fresh grave. Yeah. Right? How long would it take to dig a grave like that? Like, it's loose dirt still, right? I think so, yeah. Well, they Two might people. use, they, I think they might use, like, a um, vehicle to kind of compact it after a drive. Yeah. That's kind of insulting, though. Just drive over it. Uh, they do it in some hey, places. Hey, Fred, know. Fred, uh, come up, get your Volvo over here. We're just gonna drive over the grave dirt. Just pack it right in. <laughs> just make a straight V-line. Just pack down five graves at once. That's kind of weird. That's why I'll never be buried. Undertaker doesn't come to your come to your place of work and tell you how to do your job. I guess it's the right tool. They know. They're professionals. Yeah, and it's don't think of it as like driving over a grave. Think of it like sealing in a restful place. I don't know, man. I'd rather just be dust. Yeah. Be dust in the wind. That's fair. Right? I mean, that's all we are, so. <laughs> dust in the wind. Do you want to be cremated? Have you decided? Hey, have you decided about your earthly wrestling, resting place? Eternal resting place. I want to be one of those one of those trees. You want to be the trees? Yeah. I, I like the tree idea, but what if you die? The like, tree? The tree. Your second person. Second Allison. Allison Jr. Well, that's just life, man. I guess so. It's just, just nature. Then we'll burn down that tree. Yeah. And make new trees. Just forever Allison trees. Just make me into paper. Ooh. What should I print on it? Dick butt. <laughs> yes. Okay. Done. <laughs> Done. Done. You've heard it, folks. This is the last will testament. Yep. We'll plant a tree, and we'll mill the tree into paper. I will draw a dick butt on it and frame it on a wall. Ideal. Um, put it in the MoMA. Like, just... <laughs> just Allison Jr. Is what I'm gonna be calling it. <laughs> you you truly made this world a better place, Allison. <laughs> because of the, the dick butt printed well, on Well, also, my, my I assume... I assume that the Museum of Congress will be archiving 
all, like, 200 episodes of the Double X Files. Oh, absolutely. So that future cultures can listen to us talk about you sitting on a pee and it it refreshes your anus. Yeah. Because that's really important to our culture. It's very vital. (laughs) I mean, they they cataloged uh, tweets. True. Right? Yeah. So they have to be pulling these podcasts off. Oh, yeah. I mean, our numbers... Hey, I don't want to... I don't want to brag, but there are people who are listening to this and podcast. You think they are at the Library of Congress. Yes. <laughs> I see hey, numbers. You never know. Hey, 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 you never hey, know. Hey, librarians. Hey, Congress librarians. We gotcha. Yeah, hit us up. Can you just like slot our recordings, our MP3, put our folder like above? Like, Ira Glasses. Ooh! Just, like, on top of it. Yeah. It'd make me feel better as a person and a feminist. <laughs> Please? Just to be above Ira just, Glass. Just to be, just, hey, just, just to be a little bit, just a step up. <laughs> if not in life, then maybe of death. Like, maybe. Maybe. I like maybe. it. Please. Anyway. We're going to be at the bottom, because our... We are, we, it's, we really hooped our a whole alphabetical situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Well, we would be above the ZZ Top fan cast. Though. Hey, that's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. We coming for you, ZZ Top fan cast. Are there ZZ Top fan cast? Yeah, it's called Problem. ZZ Bottoms. <laughs> it's actually a queer uh, ZZ Top fan cast. They interpret all of their songs <laughs> through a... <laughs> Through a queer lens. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I want to subscribe so badly. Yeah, you guys should check it out. It's real good. ZZ Top is coming to the PE, by the way. What? I really want to go. Nice. Because I got legs and I know how to use them. Well, we missed Buffett, so we might as well get on it. Well, Buffett came? Didn't he? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, last summer. Last summer? No, he didn't. He never played the PE. <sighs> Allison Buffett is bigger than that. He can fill arenas. Bigger than Jesus. He's, he's at least bigger than ZZ Top. Oh, oh And Lover Boy. They're always at the peony. They <laughs> can't get rid of them. <laughs> Just gotta sweep them out with a broom like, hey, Lover Boy, get the fuck out of here. They're hiding behind the, they're, they're like, make a camp underneath the roller coaster just waiting for the summer. <laughs> Our time will come again. <laughs> Small children feeding them popcorn. Oh, my God. Aww. Lover Boy. So, yeah, we're in this graveyard. And they're digging up a body. They're digging up the body, and uh, one of them is like, we got other tools, and they're going to maybe help us more. So he gets out of the grave, and he goes to his truck, and we see, like, a dirty hand in the foreground. Um, maybe a raccoon, perchance. <laughs> Just a little Perhaps? claw. Maybe? No. It's a dirt man. Uh, meanwhile, the other guy's in the grave, and he's gotten down to the coffin, and he's breaking it open. Yeah. He sees a real bed. Ooh, a good, no, a good A body. very good, bo- the a body work was very body. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's mentioned before that it's not, what's it called? Stuffed. Hmm? Stuffed. It's not formaldehyded. What is that called? Oh. I don't remember. You know. What do you do with a body to make it look fresh? I know, the word just is. Oh, it's not there? Because I need to know what it is, so it's not there. Oh, God. Uh, creamy. No. No. Uh, fresh maker. Just pump full of goo. <laughs> the body's not pump full of goo. Yeah, there you go. Technologically uh, speaking. They haven't given it the fresh maker. So. <laughs> that sounds like a wrestling move. <laughs> what is, what, what's the move? The fresh maker? Yeah. Uh, it's when you put the body in a chokehold, but to put your two mouth, uh, your two, uh, fingers inside the mouth and you, 
wrench the jaw open mm. and then slide a piece of gum in. Now, is that more of a heel move or a face move? Definitely a heel move. Okay. A hundred percent. Because it's like, I'm I'm hurting you and I'm insulting your breath. Yes. Yeah. I'm a fucking heel. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Nice. But then the face is like, mmm, fresh. Ooh, nice. Ooh. And then smiles and there's a little like, ding. Yes. Anyway, they dead. These they, white boy dead. Yeah, so he, the, the, he's digging up the body, he sees the body, the body's very good, he looks over and there's a hand out stretched towards him. And he dead. Reaching out. Reaching touching out. You. you. Touching, touching me? me? No. I don't want it. <laughs> Please don't. I don't consent to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so his friend's dead. So now, in terms of Scully, this is two hate crimes. To Scully, every crime is a hate, hate crime. crime. Because she hates crime so much. Guys, is this thing on? <laughs> I almost banged my head on the desk. <laughs> oh, Scully, take a goddamn seat. Okay, let's talk about this ring. Oh, so yeah. So blank. Well, okay, but first we do, what? we gotta mention that Mulder and Scully do get up in that grave. Do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what do they find? They see the writing on his hand, and they find that book that bursts into flames. Ah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. And then they take the book to a man... Who tells them that it's a book on mysticism, not mysticism itself, which like, is a terrible line of dialogue. Cabalism, maybe. I think it has something to do with cabal. I know Howard Gordon was inspired to write this slightly because of like Golem mythology and it's how it relates to cabal. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't know much about religions of any kind. So <laughs> mysticism. I think um, Ono Ross and Carrie does a thing about cabal. Oh, really? It's real wacky. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that you should listen to that one. Yeah, I should. So should the listeners. Hey. Hey. Don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> Download it, but you don't have to listen Free to it. Free advertisement, Ono, Ooh. Ross, and Carrie. Hey. Yeah, because they need our bump. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> hey. Oh, here's a couple emails from Ross and also Carrie playing, please, we need that double X bump. Ugh, ain't nobody need my bump. <laughs> it's too sweaty. <laughs> You're real sweaty my bump, bump right now. So, hey, guys. I probably cut it out, but I spent like five minutes trying to dig my underwear out of my front wedgie. I hope and you cut just, that out. It was not oh, pleasing audio. I just couldn't get it out. When you're a person without uh, a dick, mm. so you have um, like a a, a, a a slot. Yeah. Just all the way. Oh, I don't like that From word. the front to the back. Frenzy's backsies. Yeah. You get this like wedgie situation. It's not just the back, it's also the front. Yeah. And it's the, the worst. It is the worst. Because everything's just nestled up. It feels like your underwear is inside you. Because it is. Because it, it is. It's inside me. It's being swallowed by my internal organs. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wedge it right out of there. So, God. Let's oh, talk about the ring. the ring. Tell me about the ring. This ring is like something out of a fucking fantasy wedding. Yeah. It is a ring the size of my fist and it's a fucking castle and it is dope as shit. It's really cool. You could kill a man with it and I love it. Yeah. Um, apparently it's a historic artifact though. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in. I guess <laughs> that was too perfect. <laughs> it's a historic artifact. Yes. Uh, from, from like Germany, like they smuggled it in. Yeah, so this is a this is an artifact that actually was um, belonged to someone who uh, did end up in a concentration camp and s- I believe survived, and then it was yeah. passed on to their 
um, children or grandchildren, and uh, was eventually used as a wedding ring for friends of Howard Gordon's. Which is, like, fantastic, but it's hard when you are calling this Jewish group paranoid and wrong and committing hate crimes that it's very bad. Yeah, and also it made me think, like, hey, can I hear them tell the story? Hey, can we just have them here? Maybe they could just tell the story? Let's do a TED Talk with these people. (laughs) (laughs) The um, father-in-law, or the, the woman, what's her name? What was her name? I'm very bad with it. Ariel? Ariel. Uh, talks about how her father was um, a jeweler apprentice and made this piece and, and survived um, kind of the Holocaust because he was a small boy and was very, and he was useful to the Nazis. Yeah. Which is not like, it's not a stretch because that that's, that's quite common where even if you were an undesirable, uh, some people, because they were useful to the Nazis, uh, survived as, mm-hmm. as workers. Not to say that their lives were their lives were fucking a living hell. Of oh, course, yeah. of fucking course, but they were able to um, survive. So the father-in-law, the uh, Ariel's father, smuggled this ring. Yeah. Hey, Allison. Yeah. How did he hide it though? How did he get out of Germany? That's a good question because he's just a little boy. He's just a little boy. Where's he? Just where's he put it? He said like Ariel said he like hid it for like fifty years. Yeah, and then when they when she got engaged, he finally took it out. Of where though? Kind of popped it out. Guys, it's up his butt. This is it's probably in his probably in his butt. Probably in his butt. It's a fictional character. <laughs> Let us have one joke. Let us have one anal insertion joke, please. We need this. We're begging you. Just like that Christopher Walken watch story, guys. <laughs> yeah, from Pulp Fiction. Yes. Yeah. It was up his butt. Is it just a Guys, it's a good place to hide things. Yeah, totally is. Right? Okay, little bags of cocaine. Ooh, that that now that could be dangerous. <laughs> people hide people hide weed in their pussies. Oh yeah, totally. Pussy weed? Yeah. It's great. Ever smoked some pussy weed? Never have. It's got a little stink on it. Would like to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck. Let me dig it up. Oh yeah. Why you think my underwear's so tight? <laughs> We're wet and wild today. Okay, let's talk about the worst thing. Okay, fine. It is during prayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. These men are praying, and they even have the prayer box on their heads. Um, what is it called? The tieflin? Mm-hmm. Tieflin? Which is kind of cool to see. Like, that, that representation is not really seen in media today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're praying properly, and... Um, Mulder and Scully come in during prayer. Yeah. And Scully's like, I don't mean any disrespect. Well, <laughs> it's so awkward. God, oh. Because that's like all they're doing is just being disrespectful. Uh, and then they're, so they're looking for Ariel's father. But what was really, what really struck me as weird about the togs in this scene was, um, so there's a lineup of all these Hasidic men who have been praying and Mulder and Scully have to weave their way through these men. Yeah. Um, but it switches to a real low camera. Yeah. Weaving its way between these men, which I guess is supposed to represent Scully, but really what it does is it makes the men seem, you know, like threatening. Yeah. Which struck me as a really weird fucking choice to make because... It, again, you're you're saying, oh, these people aren't victims. You are saying that Mulder and Scully are okay to step on this kind of holy moment 
where these people are praying as a community and as you as outsiders you're disrespecting it that's okay yeah and they're you know it's again it's othering it's saying that oh Mulder and Skelly are 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 being threatened by this group that aren't mm. the victims here it, like it's really it's very uncomfortable I don't like it very no. much at all no. so they go up is it the attic yeah they, they go, go up into the attic of the church and they find that the third third kid has been killed White guy. Yeah, white guy. Third white guy. Mm. He's uh, hung from the rafters. And Ooh. we did we did see him confront the, the neo-Nazi guy earlier, but who, who I don't want to talk about. No, I don't, care. I don't care. Um, uh, yeah, so we see uh, Ariel's father is there, and uh, Mulder arrests him. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Mulder says, he actually calls on Ariel saying, hey, your dad doesn't want a lawyer or anything. Yeah. And, and again, kind of playing up on this, like, oh, this guy is paranoid. This guy, because he says... You know, I told you the truth, what else do you want? Yeah, or, he basically just, like, confesses and said, yeah, I did it, like, um, but Mulder's pressing him, like, how did you do it? How did you do it? And he's like, I, what, what do you want? I told you I did it. And it was, again, making this man look, like... Unreasonable. Uh, yeah, unreasonable, and, and it, made him, it, it made this victim look like someone who should be persecuted. Yeah. Uh, Which is so gross, you guys. Well, and then they even take that a step further. What? Uh, Mulder leaves the room and goes to talk to Scully, and she hands over a dossier on the guy. Oh, The background shit. check. And she oh says, you know, well, actually, well, actually. He used to be a terrorist. He used to be a terrorist. Or he what? He is a terrorist. He is, he's a terrorist, and he committed, you know, like a, I think a bombing or something. In London. In, in London. London. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of the, like, a Jewish defamation league or something yeah yeah um so she's saying again well he's you know just as bad just as bad how 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 like why i don't know i don't know what would make you think that was a good like a great choice to make like i i like a lot of this the story of bringing someone's husband back and I like that, and the kind of revenge against the hate crime. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like, the weird Romeo-Juliet angle that Howard Gordon was going for was the most, only interesting part of the story. Yeah. Um, and the other parts just were offensive. But I kind of did like, like, if this was purely a revenge fantasy for, like, against anti-Semitics, I would have loved that. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, we gonna come and get you. Like, you got us, we gonna come and get you. But it then it the X-Files turned it into... Well, also, these guys aren't victims. Yeah. And that's wrong. That's bad. Both sides. Both sides are bad. Both sides did things. Like, I hate that. That point of view is the least nuanced point of view there has ever been. It's like, and I give, I have to have this conversation with people who are against Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And it's infuriating, but I give it of like, hey... You wouldn't go to a breast cancer rally for breast cancer research and stand up and say, Hey guys, what about prostate cancer? Yeah. Like you, hey, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it's the, okay, we know, we know prostate cancer is bad as well, but you wouldn't interrupt a, a, a group supporting and researching the victims of breast cancer by interrupting and pushing yourself and pushing some other kind of notice on top of them. Like, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. So why is it happening here? (laughs) Yeah, so essentially, Scully's like, this guy was a terrorist, so he's also bad, and uh, it's just, it's very frustrating. Let's talk about the neo-Nazi dying, because that's the best part. Yeah, that is the best time, actually, that we had in this episode. Uh, so he gets killed, yeah, by the, by, um, the golem. Which is good. It's a very good thing. But also, there's, like, 
hey guys again you don't hey you don't need the swastika everywhere like you yeah don't. like every and he's printing another we see like three or four different pamphlets throughout this episode they're all very unpleasant to look at remember the show don't tell yeah don't tell the wait it's show don't tell so well, maybe that but hey, maybe gonna work here don't show us hey show don't tell but also don't show us don't show us. don't make hey an episode of the x-files shut up <laughs> hey stop I just, I want to know where that flag came from. Because if this, if the X-Files spent money giving money to a legit Nazi, I would be really upset. I'd be very upset. Did you know that all that stuff, what is it? It's made in uh, the United States. Hmm. Right? So, because Germany has, hey, Germany is ashamed of their racist past. Yeah. So, like, Nazi propaganda, at flags, swastika, uh, things, and, like, Mein Kampf cannot be printed in in um, Germany. Mm-hmm. Or, I think, in the European Union. So, God bless America, everything, like, Nazi flags and stuff are usually made in the United States. Yeah. Well, and there are actually a lot of um, Germans who are not ashamed uh, of their Nazi past, but can you imagine how much worse that would be if they didn't have those laws? Yeah. <laughs> Those people would think it's okay to say the terrible things that they think. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Just like in the United States with the KKK. Yep. Great. They're still alive. Just hanging around. Why aren't they a hate group? We have no idea. Wink. (laughs) Oh, this is awful. This is... I'm sorry. This is not a very fun episode, but this X-Files episode sucked. I think I'm ready to tell you my story. Okay. To make us feel better. Please. To stop the hatred and go into... Courtney's embarrassment. Yay! The other day, I wanted to get a donut because I was hungry. I fucking love donuts. Hell yeah. So I went to Main Street. My favorite donut place, Cartem Donuts. Please sponsor us. Please sponsor was us. Was packed. Oh. Was fucking packed. They were out the door like, what's going on? And I asked someone coming out like, hey, what's going on in there? It was uh, Jameet Singh who is an NDP candidate uh, for the federal government NDP party giving a speech. And there was, it was just packed, Allison. Wow. I really wanted a donut, though. Oh, no! So I scooched my way in through the crowd, and then I noticed that, now this is a very small donut place. Yeah, it's very small. But they had seats lined up. Like, they had seats. Oh, I had to crawl over mm, eight people sitting down ah! to go to the counter to get my donut. Oh my god. And so the the I whisper, I lean into the cartem donuts kind of like, I just, hey, can I just have a plain vegan donut just real quick? And he looks at me with pity and he gives it to me for free. Oh my god. As if, oh man, this gal really needed her donut. Really needs that nut. And then I had to take my donut. And exit the way I came. <laughs> Over oh, eight people. No. While I was exiting, Jimmy, Mr. Singh, made eye contact with me. <gasps> and I stood there in a panic. And then I left. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> because I did not want him to acknowledge me in any way. You rude, nut-needing motherfucker! <laughs> He was talking about, like, the immigration issues oh, and, like, no. marijuana decriminalization, and I'm just, I'm just a fucking stooge who needs her nut on. <laughs> you gotta have that nut so bad you don't care who you hurt. 
So, can I tell you the best part of the story? Please. I looked up, like, where is um, Mr. Singh, where is he, like, talking elsewhere? Because I would like to hear him talk when I'm not hungry and need a donut. And there is a portion of his website called Jameet and Greet. <laughs> where he has all his, like, public showings and everything. That's so good! Isn't he so good and so pure? I love him. <laughs> I may not vote uh, NDP federally, but goddamn, am I close? What a what a good man! Right? Oh, so good. He's really cool, though. I like um, a friend linked me to an article that I used as reference for a story I was writing, where he was talking about because it was like a GQ article about how he dresses because he dresses very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was about how you know he his realization about. Uh, when he was younger, about the way that he dresses, and if he doesn't dress nice, the way that people see him. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Singh is, he's Sikh. Yeah. So he wears his traditional turban, and he carries his, I forget the knife's name, but, and he's had a, you know what, even in Canada, there's racist people who uh, are There's very, a lot of them, yeah. Very, who are very anti um, having a Sikh man becoming the leader of the NDP party. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want him to acknowledge me, though. Because <laughs> I would be like, I voted green. <laughs> and then just, just name a See you later! Just got, gotta have my nut! <laughs> gotta get that nut! That's my story. Peace out! <laughs> got my nut, gotta go! That's how I meet and, and greeted Mr. Singh. <laughs> and I hope to God he becomes Prime Minister because... That's a good, that you got a good story up your sleeve. Right? Hey, could have met the Prime Minister, had to get my nut. <laughs> had to get that nut, bye! I mean, I I, mu- I met my, um, actually, you know what? what? I always awkwardly meet future prime ministers. Yeah, that's true. You met, uh... I, I met, uh, Justin Trudeau. in a man himself. In a, tr- in a chainmail bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a nut, though? I was in the chainmail bikini. Mr. Justin Trudeau was not in a chainmail bikini. <laughs> if he was, though... Hello. Way more. I mean, he has a majority now, but way more of a majority, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Our prime minister's hot. Anyway, I hope Mr. Singh becomes a prime minister. Yeah. Holy shit. Anyway, that's my D-Nut story. So good. I hope that made you feel better, Space Kids. Yeah. <laughs> or they're like, get to the X-Files. Uh, here's the rest of this episode. Good. Yeah, let's finish it. Ariel was the one that did the crime. Uh-huh. She brought the man back to life because she wanted to get married to him. Yeah. He's not really... He's form without spirit, is what I call it when I have a heart on, but I am i don't want to do anything with it. <laughs> hey. When just, you've got a bone, but you're, you're just too lazy. It's form without spirit. Girl, just look away. Just don't look at it, girl. Girl, don't, just don't look at it. it. It'll, it'll relax. <laughs> uh, yeah, she did the crime. Just, Hey, put a pee up my anus. It'll calm that boner It'll just go right away. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, she, Ariel did the crime, and then uh, she makes it the crime, and uh, he the turn, dirt man turns dies. back to dirt, and Mulder and Skelly are also there. The end. The end. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry we didn't maybe go into more depth on that episode, but it just real, really sucked, and we, we, didn't, we didn't want to. Hey, we went into depth. In the important parts. Yeah. The the commentary that we need to make. That Scully is shitty. Yeah. This whole season of the X-Files has just been... Real up and down. Oh, boy. And just don't... Hey, stop making episodes about immigrants. Please, we're so tired. (laughs) Please. 
It's not your story to tell. Yeah. Just stick with white people. You're good at that. White males, because that's Yeah. All and I mean got. that's that's an interesting thing too. Like like Howard Gordon does come from a Jewish family, but he himself is not an immigrant. Yeah. Um and he may not have the insight into the Hasidic community either that, or, that might have been needed to tell this story. Or he he wrote the Hasidic part of it, or the Orthodox part of it, and then there was other hands that made yep, Scully and Boulder into really big shitheads. Because there is already, con- like, he did already talk a bit on the Wikipedia page about the way that he had changed the story in order to ensure that it would get aired. There you go. So, right? I mean, his hands could have been tied. As a Jewish voice, he maybe tried to have his voice heard and, and the pain of the Jewish people heard, but maybe just didn't read to the critics. Like, yeah. maybe he had to change it. And that's a, that's a real thing as well. We can't say for sure, because nope. we don't know. But I'm going to um, try to think of the best, though. That's, yeah, it's ideal. Let's rate this fucker. Okay. I rate on a spooky scale. Five is I can never sleep. One is I want to take a nap. I give this a 2.4, cause the cinematography was very good. It was good. There was some really cool stuff. Good body work. Yeah. Real nasty stuff. I rate on a rage scale. Goes from one, which means this episode was perfect, and it deserves accolades, and the palm door, and, you know, Excuse like... Me, the what? The palm door? What's that? It's the golden palm that you win at can. I have a golden palm. Hey. 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 Mm. It's got spirit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and it, it goes from one to Excelsis Day, which is, oh, just the worst, probably still the reigning worst episode. It is the reigning worst episode, the episode we could not make hilarious or Could not even make a single joke about no. anal insertion in that one. Because <laughs> um, it would have sucked. We did talk a lot about anal insertion in this episode, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hey, that pee is up there, but it's not cold anymore. No. Uh, I'm going to... boiling. I'm going to get a little mushy in there. We've been doing this for a very long time, so that pee got to come out. <laughs> oh, so warm. Uh, I'm going to give this a seven. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was going to be higher. Well, what was the good parts? Uh, the good parts what were the, the, visual, the visual stuff. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate that it's a Jewish writer getting to tell a Jewish story. Yeah. Uh, but... Hey, turn off your GD sounds, <laughs> Allison. I really biffed it. Be professional. Sorry, I beefed it so hard. Yeah, there were there were interesting aspects, but and the Jewish writer. Yeah, yeah, but they're just so much bad. So much bad. So much bad. Okay, seven. That's not bad. I mean, it is bad. Hey, it is bad though. Hey, it's pretty bad though. Let's talk about something that's not bad. Okay, give me some sugar. Let's talk. What? Pour some sugar okay. on me. It's time for Allison to I, leave very soon. I am hot, sticky, sweet. Oh! It's so hot in here! Okay, okay, let me read this goddamn personal X file. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get affected, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X file. This personal X file is titled. I'm not a monster. I was having a pee. <laughs> Chinese tourists photographs beast that resembles Gollum. But sci-fi actor comes forward to claim it was him. Oh my god. It's a roller coaster of a title, Alice. It's very good. <laughs> I picked this one because I googled Gollum story, and this is the one. Now, I don't mean the Jewish mysticism, like Gollum, like, made out of clay. I mean Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that Gollum. 
This is from dailymail.co.uk. Of course. And it is a local Vancouver story. Oh my god. Which makes it even better. Please. June 2014. A Chinese tourist was in for something of a surprise after he came across this bizarre looking monster while out camping near Beijing. Oh, it was in Beijing? Oh. I thought it was in Vancouver. Anyway. Near Beijing. The man was camping with a friend in a valley. Uh, What's that one? Huiro? 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 I'm not sure. Uh, Beijing, when he spotted the human-like beast. The images sparked speculation as to the origin of the creature after they were posted online. But but a science fiction actor seemed to have settled... I know, the isn't it so good? Oh my god. Right? We're going to post these pictures. Uh, but a science fiction actor seemed to have settled the argument after, his claim, after claiming he was pictured by somebody while filming in the mountain. This picture is... Very good. Oh my god, it's good. It is of a naked flesh creature. Yeah. With very long elf ears. And he's huddled by the river. Looks like a little naked lamb. I think he is wearing sandals, though. <laughs> yes. So, ooh, look at him. some flippy floppies. Got some action shots. The tourist who, saw the, uh, who took the picture said, I walked very far away to have a pee. And suddenly saw a monster. Which is usually what happens when you pee. <laughs> I took a few pictures of it, but now I'm terrified by my courage then. Any debate, however, as to what the creature has appeared to have has been settled after an online commenter described being spotted while filming with friends. Oh man, they were filming like a little private movie. Yeah. What, what, what if it was a porn, though? Private movie. <laughs> movie for money. The actor wrote, Over the weekend, uh, I and my friends went to the mountains to take a mini sci-fi film. And when I was having a pee, a person popped up and took pictures <laughs> of me. And I said, wait, the creature was having a pee too? Yeah, and the fucking bloids had to take a bunch of pictures. Everyone was having a pee. Yeah, just taking so many pees. There had been no shortage of, report of reports of sightings of mysterious looking creatures in the last few months. Oh, in April, a Canadian hitchhiker released a video of what he believed to be a Sasquatch in the mountains near uh, Squamish, British Columbia. There's the Vancouver. Yeah. The video was shot by Miles Lamont uh, two years ago while he was hiking in Tenless Ridge, north of Vancouver. He was probably also taking a pee. Uh, the footage, which shows a small black dot of a figure reportedly moving up a mountain, was, now has more of a million views since it was posted on YouTube. Mr. Lamont said he was able to view the subject far better than what the video portrays, as it was a simple point-and-shoot camera. The contrast was excellent due to the snow behind the subject. Yellow snow. Because they were all taking peas! Sasquatch was just taking a whiz! <laughs> Mr. Lamont says he only uploaded the video for the benefit of a couple friends. We had no intention for it together. The interest it has, we're not claiming this to be anything other than a strange encounter. I'm not a monster. I was just taking a pee. That's what I say. I was making a sci-fi porno with my friends. As you do. As you do in the woods. And I had to squat and take a piss. And a man took some pictures of me without my consent. Lloyds. The paparazzi. <laughs> the paparazzi got me again. <laughs> uh, I will post that article. That's a true delight. Right? right? <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so much better. That Gullum story is the best Gullum story. Yeah. I will post that article along with a lot of other stuff on our Facebook page. You can just Facebook Double X Files. Yeah. Uh, Double X Files podcast. That's us. Uh, is it XX podcast? Uh, yeah. Or is it well, just you, double? I think you'll still get there if you spell yeah. it out. If you go to facebook.com slash double X files, you'll get there. You'll get there. XX files. 
is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, you can also email us at double X files, double spelled out as double double X files podcast at gmail.com. Email us your personal X file, your hometown X file. We'd love to read them. Yeah. 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 Hey. Hey. Yeah. yeah. I also have a new mission. Uh-huh. Two new missions. Mm, tell me. I think you need to buy our shit. <laughs> Please? Now, not our literal shit. We would never sell that. That's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. When we're famous and send it to the Library of Congress. Where they'll keep it in above, storage. Above Ira, Ira Glass. Maybe a little bit just leaks out. I, I don't know. On I top of Ira Glass? Maybe. I, I don't it know. Happen. It is liquidy. Just don't hurt the ZZ Top podcast. They... ZZ Bottoms. ZZ Bottoms. <laughs> They're angels. Yeah, I think, is is it the Thunder Quack Red Bubble? Yeah. Uh, you can buy t-shirts, really dope Double X Files t-shirts, and phone cases, and bed sheets, and mugs, condoms, and everything. Prophylactics, mm. probably. Stamp with our faces on them? Oh, that would be sweet. Huh? Yeah. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy buy something. Buy, well, buy something. Buy something, please. Also, tell a friend. Uh, write a review uh, yeah. on Stitcher or on iTunes. We got a one star review from someone who probably didn't listen. They listened to the first episode. That yeah. was all they needed. <laughs> they said they said we pronounced Scully wrong. How do you? Hey, how do you pronounce Scully? Scalia. Scalia. And they're like, why are people who don't like the X-Files doing an X-Files podcast, uh, my friend? <laughs> we ask, we ask that same question all the time. Every damn day. Every damn day. Anyway, drop a, drop a review, please. It really helps us out. Yeah. And also tell a friend. Yeah. You know what you could do? What? You could make a man out of clay and put a piece of paper written double X-Files in Hebrew in that clay man. You know what happened? What? You just have a clay man with double X files written in the head. Well, you know what you could do? What? You could go out into the woods. Huh? And you could actually film a commercial for us. Oh. And then while you're taking a piss, someone will take photos of you. It'll get in the bloids. We'll be famous. That's even better. I like that one. Yeah. Good job. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Okay, season four, episode 16. Uh, Courtney, the title is Unrequited. (gasps) Unrequited. Mm, uh, Does that mean, like, not reciprocated? Uh, no, it means... Yeah, does it? Because I've seen, like, in the Charlie Brown uh, uh, phrasing of the word, I unrequited love. Yeah. Meaning love not given back to Charlie Brown. Because I think, like, it can mean unreciprocated, or it can mean, like, the other person has not had the opportunity to reciprocate it. You know what kind of episode this is gonna be? It's gonna be a Skinner and Mulder episode. Oh, God, I hope so. Unrequited. Ooh. Okay. Skinner is going to play a giant part. Okay. In this episode. Yeah, he is. Because he's got a giant part. He's made of robots. We, uh, his robot dick. <laughs> we are going to see him being the, may I say, love sandwich meat. Oh, to the, you may. To the soft bread of Mulder and the Smoking Man. Okay, interesting. So he's going to play kind of the middleman negotiating between the Smoking Man and Mulder. 
So cool, cool. Because there's going to be something like um, kind of a big tragedy, and they're going to write it off as like a terrorist attack, but Mulder really knows it's the Shadow Cabal government, and he wants to stop it, but he has to work with Skinner, who has to work with the Smoking Man. Okay, so half a point for Major Skinner in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And half a point for sort of like globally recognized event. Yeah, for a, that is caused by the by the Smoking Man. Cool. Done. Now can we finish? Now we can. Now we can finally oh, finish. Oh, good. I'm gonna pop this pee right out in the hole, and we're gonna go eat some food. I don't know what to say. Until next time, the, the truth, truth is, is out, out there. there. Oh, there it comes. It's just all squishy. Whoop. <laughs>